Something that I love about this story of Esther is, is when Mordecai came to her and she said, yeah, okay, I'll go to the king, but first, let's fast and pray. Yeah. She called the intercessors first. Yeah. And so that's even what you're doing here, not just praying for what the Lord is going to do through Victory 91.5, but but interceding and standing in the gap financially is is a big thing and celebrating Purim yeah. and giving at the same time. And here you here you, again you reminded me we forgot to pray again. So let's, Well, that's what I was that's where I was leading. That's what I figured it was. It was just like you're so clever. I just snuck <laughs> it in there. It's like a tease. Hey. It's like saying, "Ray, don't forget to pray." But he did it in such a clever way. <laughs> Father, we just thank you. Thank you. Thank yes, you. Lord. Thank you. We couldn't say thank you enough. Would you put that word on our lips and on yes, every Father. morning as we start our days for the things that we take for granted? Mm. God, I thank you that you have sustained this radio station for over 40 years. Yes, Lord. And Lord, you've connected each one of us to it in profound ways that, Lord, you, you give us this opportunity. And Lord, whether we're talking about music like Gable or just the songs that we play every day that have that you know stir our heart and help us focus on you. God, thank you for those are gifts, those are treasures that help us live out and walk out what it is to, to know you and to know you intimately. Lord, there are a lot of folks that don't know you. And this eight o'clock mm. hour is, you know, when we sit apart and we just remind ourselves, just like uh, as we look into uh these life and death situations, Lord, life is life and death. Yes. It, it ends in death. And either that, since we are eternal creatures, it's, it ends really, really good, really, really bad. And Lord, without you, without Jesus, there is no good. Mm. There's no good now, then there's certainly no good in the end. Lord, I, I ask you just to move on hearts right now. Yes, that, the heart that's searching and seeking and trying to figure out. Lord, I, I've even prayed that this, all the things talking about Purim help. Uh, resonate yes, who Lord. Jesus is, who this Jesus. Yeshua is, yes, who who this living God yes. is who came and died oh. for us because there was no other way that, that there is a, a God who not just uh, looks down on us yes, to uh, scoop us up and lift us up, but who died for us, who loves us and treasures us, who wants to marry us. Lord, this this idea of war and marriage wrapped together in, in Purim, Lord, just let that resonate today. And Lord, move in hearts. Hmm. Touch that heart that's just discouraged. It feels like uh, the Jews did in back in, in Persia, that like that they just can't see a future or hope. But Lord, would you answer in, in that midst of that darkness and bring life and hope and joy in Jesus' name. Yes, Amen. Amen. All right, so we're ready. We're at part number four. Yeah. Now, this has got a great title. To destroy, kill, and annihilate. Isn't that a great title? <laughs> I didn't come up with that. It's Purim. Purim is a rabbinical holiday, by the way. It means Purim is not mentioned in the Torah, and the Jews are not commanded by God to observe it. But, in fact, God isn't even mentioned in the scroll of Esther. But, obviously, he's very, very present. Right. But uh, he's not mentioned. Uh, Purim remembers when the Jews of ancient Persia faced extermination at the hands of an evil man. Now, in English, we pronounce his name Haman. All right. In Hebrew, it's Haman. So it, it sounds a little different because for most of us, if you read the story of Esther all your life, you're thinking Haman. But if you're, yeah. you're it's, not, it's not actually Or if right. you just heard Journey talk about it. You know? Yeah, right. Either way, it's Haman. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm going to say Haman sometimes just because you'll know who I'm talking about. Right. So I'm going to pr intentionally pronounce it wrong for you. Haman is the one guy that's easy to hate. He plotted to, and this is his words, 
to destroy, kill, and annihilate all the Jews, young and old, infants and women, in a single day. That was his passion. Because of a slight. Wow. Because Mordecai didn't bow to him. To destroy, kill, and annihilate. Yeah. Good gosh, Haman. This is not a nice guy. Yeah. How could such wide-scale mass murder be done? Again, every single Jew in the world lived under the rule of King, of, uh, King uh, Hashverosh. And so they were all included in Haman's murderous decree. It's hard to find a guy you can describe as evil as Hitler or Stalin, but Haman is that guy. He's right there. Boy, oh boy. Haman was one of the wealthiest men of his time. He acquired those riches by seizing the treasures of the kings of Judah. He's a descendant of King Agag of Amalek. The Amalekites were the worst, well, one of the worst. I guess they had several, but uh, enemies of the Jewish people. So he's not a good guy. All right, so Purim, what in the world? Where do we get this word from? So from the earliest days, God commanded Israel to blot out the remembrance of Amalek, or the Amalekites, those folks. Amalek, from under heaven, or to remember to forget. How about that? Help me to remember to forget. Mm. That's how God wanted to look at these people. But the Jews mostly ignored that command. Israel had some great victories over them as they entered the promised land, but they never finished the job. How bad was that failure? Amalek's bloodline included the Romans, the Nazis, and the Stalinists. <laughs> Should I kill that guy? <laughs> As to the name Purim, it comes from the practice of casting lots, or pur in Persian. Yeah. Pur. That's what your cat does. <laughs> it's really casting lots, which were small, flat stones, bones, or dice, anything that could be tossed to help make a decision, like flipping a coin. Mm-hmm. Now, casting lots is done throughout the Bible and in the ancient world. Sailors on Jonah's ship cast lots to determine who right. had brought God's wrath on the ship. The 11 apostles cast lots to determine who would replace Jews. Uh, the Roman soldiers cast lots to get Jesus' garments. Yeah. So this Purim concept is throughout the Bible. You just don't hear the word. The Persian word for a lot is pur. The plural is parim or Purim. The feast is called Purim because when Haman or Haman set out to destroy the Jews, he cast lots to determine when he should carry out his scheme. Isn't that a funny thing? Yeah. I want to kill everybody. When should I do it? He's seeking his gods. And the lot landed on the 13th day of Adar. All right? 13th day of Adar, which technically is today, yesterday and today. Mm -hmm. So, as you're going to find out, what happens is the day after becomes a celebration day because... His plan doesn't, it doesn't go through. He fails miserably. Keep in mind, Haman did this during the first month of Nisan. So in, in like, you know, in 30 days or so. So the lot came up pointing to the month of Adar, the 12th month. So all the events in the story seem to take place over this really short time. Mm, You're just, looking at yeah. a year here, yeah. all right? It feels like a few weeks are passing in the story, but it's happening over the course of an entire year. So you need to get the anxiety issues going. <laughs> well, and you think about how long it took a decree to get out to all of those places. 127 countries. Right. So that that's in like my Canada. mind how I used to before you just pointed that out. That's how I used to think, okay, this is not as quick as it feels. <laughs> Yeah. They didn't have Twitter. They couldn't, you know, <laughs> as to no Harris. social media. Yeah, he, he couldn't put it out there and say, hey, everybody, this is what we're doing. It was it was spread out. It took time. Before social media, they had camel media. It's yeah. very slow and a lot of spinning. <laughs> the story is found in the Megillah of Esther. The Megillah, which is the word for a scroll or a book, right? To scroll. The Megillah of Esther is known as the Megillah. Now, anything you frame as the scroll 
Uh-oh, things getting excited here because there's a lot of scrolls. So it's so popular, it's chanted in the synagogue twice during the evening service on the evening of Purim, once in the morning of Purim. The Megillah is read from a parchment scroll that's written the same way a Torah is written, by hand with a goose quill. It's chanted standing up using a special cantillation that's used only for the book of Esther. In other words, like a song, it is a song, but there's these very specific cantillations or very way of singing mm-hmm. the song. And this particular style is only used for Esther because it's a very interactive reading. It's If you ever want to go to a Messianic congregation or just a Jewish congregation, go on Purim. A lot of fun. So noisy. Many of the people are in costume. There's skits and puppets. Great for kids. And whenever they say Haman or Haman's name, it's read aloud. It occurs 54 times, right? Everybody. Yeah, they make noises. They blot out his name. They stomp on his name. They boo. Yeah. The practice comes from a passage in the Midrash, which where this verse says this, you shall blot out the remembrance of Amalek. Mm-hmm. It's explained to mean even from wood and stones. So the custom developed of writing the name of Haman on smooth stones and knocking them together until the name is blotted out. <laughs> That's a lot of work. So some wrote the name of Haman on the soles of their shoes and at the mention of the name stamped with their feet as a sign of contempt. Like you would go, no. So whenever, like my four year old when she says, yeah. see who who knew she was so so Jewish in her ways. Whenever Haman or Haman's name is mentioned, they yell, they boo, they use loud spinning noisemakers. It's like going to a ball game, yeah. basically. Uh, blot out his name whenever it's mentioned. So it's just like college football. You get dressed up, you color, you paint yourself, and make lots of noise cheering for the team. Except this one, you're just booing for the other team. It's the whole thing. <laughs> it's like when the starting lineups are for the opposing team, and they and they pull out the the uh, the newspapers. Acting like they're not paying attention. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except they'd also go Heyman. Yeah, no, we don't need that guy.